Hello and welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Matthias. And I'm Jarvis. Uh, Jarvis and I um, are aspiring <clears throat> word chefs, uh, but we never actually cook up some books. Exactly. So we're doing a challenge. Each week we sit down. Our goal is to write a complete short story using three of four randomly generated words. Then we come on the podcast, we read the story, we talk about what we learned in writing it, and then we talk about stories sent in by you listeners. Exactly. We're simply here to help you do the right thing. A doof a media, media production. production. Hells if yeah. you really think about it, writing is definitely just like cooking, in a sense. It is exactly like it. cooking. Yeah, because you I, get all these these pieces, and you have to go to like a a farmer's market, right? And then you just throw it into a pot and fucking hope you don't burn it. Yeah, and that's how you get a story. Yeah, like there's mm-hmm. literally no difference. I don't even know why they're two different words. Yeah, <laughs> cooking up this this plot. It, <laughs> delicious. <laughs> so, how are you doing this week, Jarvis? Oh God, I am doing quite well. Uh, it has been a quite hectic week. I guess. Uh, I know I mentioned it on uh, last week's podcast, but uh, I have been moving uh, my mom from Austin to Colleen, Texas, which uh, has proven to be a far um, more difficult task than I thought at first, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because I did not know that uh, mom had so much stuff mm-hmm. and that so much stuff cannot fit into two tiny cars. Right. Um but thankfully, I am back home. We had just finished. It was great. Uh, me, my my mom, and my entire family cheered when we put that last bin into her place. So it was great. Uh, and I just drove drove back. So I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, you need a you need a nap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, okay, okay. If you like, think about it. Right. I think a normal human can only. I think a normal human only needs 10 hours per week. Um, I think that that might be slightly um, underestimating the amount of time they need. On the other I mean, hand... What? That's... Go ahead. I mean, what? That's that's like 1.3 hours per day. That's, that's true. That's kind of plenty. That's Yeah, that's kind of indulgent, I think. Um, I'm, I'm very confused by my own body because normally... Uh, my body just feels like exhausted if I don't get at least like ten hours of sleep or something like that. It's oh, it's wow. been like that for years, uh, mm-hmm. and then I started taking this um antidepressant, and so now I just automatically wake up after like six and I don't feel tired, and I don't. Huh. I'm like it like am I just like what what is happening? Did I actually just like not need four of those hours the whole time, or am I <laughs> like currently like way under? Like what is what is going on? So, I don't know. I mean. I like I've heard concerned. that uh antidepressants do help like um unify your sleep schedule, but that is strange that you're going from your normal uh half half day of sleep to yeah. almost nothing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, basically. Like it's not even like uh that I can wake up after six hours uh, but I, you know, should sleep longer. It's like no, after six hours I'm like ready to wake up unless if I like try to go back to sleep. So Wow. Huh. Well, so that's yeah. interesting, uh, but I I'm not necessarily complaining. I'm just concerned. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I am I am very hopeful that it doesn't just like catch up to you one day. Yeah, and then I have to sleep for like a whole week straight, and I starve oh to death. God. I don't think the human body can do that. I I could go into a hibernation state. 
Hibernation? Um, I feel like Hibernation State should be a, a band name. Okay, that's enough tangents <laughs> for now. Um, Jarvis, uh, do you want to ask me what this week's words were? Because then you can ask me which ones I used. Uh, yes, Matthias. Hey, what was this week's word? This week's words were stir, reverse, belly, and compound. Okay, and which ones did you throw into the creative soup? I use stir, belly, and compound. I had initially meant to use reverse, and then I realized I didn't, so I put in uh, compound in instead. So okay, nice. Mm-hmm. So I was like, stir. Um, let's let's have some soup in there. So some cooking. Uh, belly. That also is some cooking. And I wanted <laughs> the the reverse made me think of someone being wrong about something. Like, mm, oh, it's okay. actually the reverse. And so that was kind of the the initial starting points, which you'll see in the first paragraph all right cool so uh before we get into it is there anything that you want to tell us about your story um i was very tired while writing it i'm i'm also in the middle of moving uh except i'm moving myself and i don't have quite as many trips as you did so it's i I, it's not quite as 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 bad but uh yeah definitely a little a little stressed right now hoping to moving is moving is always stressful because it it always takes a lot more time than you would ever think yeah actually after we record this i have to go move my mattress while it's raining so that's fun oh wet bed Mm -hmm. water bed uh yeah (laughs) water bed okay uh yeah let's just get into it all right so i ended up just calling the story dinner simon stirred the sauce How did it go again? Cream for sure got that, and Parmesan, and he got the little potatoes. He wasn't sure if they were the same brand, but they looked the same. It was probably fine. How different could potatoes be, anyway? So the sauce was supposed to have garlic. He was sure of that, but he wasn't sure if it was actual garlic or just garlic powder. Simon opened the fridge, realized you don't put garlic in the fridge, and checked the grocery cubby. There were potatoes, and... Okay, there was potatoes. He turned in the little kitchen, briefly surprised by how much room he felt he had. He shut that thought down before he remembered why there was more room. It didn't work. The cabinet did have what he was looking for, though. Garlic powder it was. Would probably be fine. When's dinner gonna be ready? Darlin asked from the table. In a minute, Munchkin. Remembering all the steps was so hard, he usually didn't have to remember them all. He put it together, remembering the steps more or less. Pre-baking the potatoes, making sure the sauce, most of the flavor coming from the melted parmesan, was just the right consistency. It wasn't really a sauce, technically, but that's what they all called it, after Darlin had started to. Simon stopped for a moment, smiling. She had thrown a tantrum one night, asking over and over again for the sauce, and after a good long while of offering things to her, it finally struck them what she wanted. He remembered the look on the face of her, that moment where her eyes got bright, and she raised on her heels and sort of hopped up a little. Daddy, the sauce is burning. Oh! He took just a moment to press his sleeve to his eyes, then whirled, rushing to take the pan off heat. A thin wisp of smoke circled upward. He hopped up to bat it away. Despite his efforts, the smoke alarm went off, shrill. He sighed, got a broom, and pressed the off button with a handle. Stress compounded stress, it seemed. He gave an apologetic smile to Darlin. 
thanks for the heads up, kiddo, and got back to cooking. Eventually it got done, best as he could, anyway. He put the bowls down, both full of little potatoes, with a little bit of tomato as well, and a bit of garnish on his, only a single leaf on hers. And the sauce drizzled all over the top. Darlin stuck a potato with a fork and put it in her mouth. It's not the same. Simon's heart fell. Damn. He'd hoped it would be close. Not, it didn't hurt for being insulted, but just feeling the loss again. A pressure built up in his eyes. The sense not just that she was gone, but that they, Darlin and him, were both less, too. He pushed the thought down, to deal with later, shoved it back with a dam that was constructed of delays and blocked off thoughts and denials. But it's just different, she said. He looked up. Her smile wasn't wide, wasn't genuine, but she had a smile on. She was trying just as hard as he was. I like it. Tears overflowed that shoddily patched dam, and Simon knelt down and hugged his daughter. I miss her too, you know, he said, his voice wavering along that edge. He wouldn't be able to forgive himself for going over. Tears were fine. A voice breaking? He couldn't. I know, Daddy. I know. They hugged for another minute. Two. He broke the hug, settled his hands on her shoulders. Her cheeks were streaked, and she wiped at them with big sleeves. I love you, darling. I love you too. Darlin said. Let's fill that belly, huh? And he poked her. She smiled and looked away. When he poked her again, a one, two, three from each pointer finger, she let a single hiccup of a laugh out. You want to watch a movie while we eat? Her eyes widened. Really? Yeah, really. He nodded. Go pick a movie. I'll make popcorn and finish up the steak. Okay. And she dashed off to the living room. They ended up watching a movie about dragons and trolls. It was cute. They both laughed when Simon dropped a potato from his fork and it rolled all the way down his chest and off his knee. It was a good time. They both knew and didn't think about why dinner was different from before. Why they weren't sitting at the table. It wasn't the same. But that didn't only have to mean bad. Just different. Well, what a fantastically heartwarming story. Uh, yeah, I, I really, really liked how um, at at first it starts in a place that is so relatable, like cooking, but you don't have all of the right ingredients. So you're just kind of trying to, uh, to uh, make do. But then the story goes to this place that's a lot more bitter. But in, but in the sense, it's also very sweet at the very end to, to see that this small dish kind of brought this, this family even closer. So what kind of made you want to write this? So, uh, as usual, I'm, 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 well, I shouldn't say it like that. So, uh, as I've mentioned before, I've been trying to, uh, challenge myself of like looking at things that are slightly harder. And this is not the tearjerker I had initially, like, it's not the tearjerker it could be, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I still was challenging myself because, like, about halfway through, my brain was like, okay, I don't want, I just don't want to, I'm too tired. I don't want to start feeling bad. Uh, I want I I should just switch to like a fantasy story where there's like punching, because it'll be easier for me to write that right now. Um, yeah. But I decided not to. <laughs> I decided story. to 
just just write the the hard thing, um, which is uh, about loss and stuff. Not that it's wow. you know that deep into it, but um, so yeah, that was the main thing of just hey, let's actually try and do something somewhat emotional this time, Matthias. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I think it was a really great choice to buckle down and do something e- emotional because I can definitely feel. Uh, what you're writing down coming uh, across. Um, and I think the thing that really did it for me was the addition of this little girl um, because she was written very, very well uh, uh, to the point where I can definitely believe that this was a actual child kind of not fully grasping with the loss of their mother. So uh exactly how did you go about writing someone that that young um i'm not entirely sure uh basically i i was using that method that i keep talking about where i was just like what whatever popped into my head i just wrote it down and then if it needed to be moved i would move it um so basically it, it was it was very based off of like what was needed in the moment like i already had some lines of like it you know it's different, but not, but, um, it's not the same, but it's just different. Like that was there already as just like, you know, here's a message about how you can deal with this. Um, and then other times there was, there was times where I would write some description or the, the character would get lost in the memory and I wanted to, you know, shake them out of it or, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, get us to the next point. And using her dialogue was really easy for that. So I think I did that two times in this, but it was basically just based off of what would be kind of the most, the the, the sadder thing to do. That's not okay. annoying. Uh, and so, you know, having a little girl like actually really trying really hard not to make things harder for her father is mm-hmm. a, a decent, decently sad thing to me. So uh, yeah, that, that was definitely part of my, my, uh, process there. Yeah, no, and it, it and it definitely pull, uh, pulled it off. I mean, as I was reading the uh, story, there were a few key key moments where it uh, shifted. You know, like uh, first and foremost, it was the addition of that character, and then as it went on, uh, I started to get a sense that the mother is is uh, is missing, which was confirmed. In uh, the line where I think it was the girl, she she said that I miss her too, which I mean, I think that was really nice that you didn't blatantly tell us too, too much, but you kind of kept some of it hidden or or at least um, or or at least allowed um, us as the reader to kind of figure that that out. So I thought that was done really well. Yeah, um, I, I wanted to. Uh, it's this is not you know the the masterstroke of this particular story, but it's definitely something that I was trying not to, um, you know, just go out and say the uh, his wife was dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I think it's definitely more impactful if you're along with the characters of like they're also trying not to think about it, and it's something that like when they remember it, that's when it is sad for them. Uh-huh. Uh, and so for readers, it's kind of the same thing where you don't really feel the loss until you're reminded of it yeah i see i see okay uh and i think that sort of like discovery that that readers um can have i think is really really enjoyable i, I really like in other stories 
Uh, and I think it was, you know, half half decently executed here. There's definitely some things I, I could have done to make it slightly more like of a dawning realization mm-hmm. or slightly clearer of, of how it, it comes across. But yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think it works okay. I'm, I'm yeah, decently happy it, with that. Yeah, and, and yeah, I think um, one major thing would definitely be if you did have a lot more time, I know you would uh, take your time when it comes to actually writing out some of these scenes. Um, because like each each scene seems or each moment, I should say, seemed like it could have been so much longer mm. uh, and so much in in detail. But at the same time, I did like the pacing of of this story and how it was very uh, streamlined throughout. Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely meant to. If I had been more awake and more. Um, <laughs> I don't know, uh, just just feeling a little bit better, it, it, you know, and if I return to it, I definitely would add at least, you know, one or two other little scenes of remembrance or remembering loss and just kind of draw out the uh, arc from feeling the loss to accepting it as something that is just uh, accepting the current situation as as different rather than um, just loss. Um, yeah definitely yeah okay well uh so if you did have that second opportunity i I know you were saying that you were more so working towards building a rough frame of a story but if you did have more more time to really flesh it out um how would the story change so there definitely would be more moments of like characterizing this this mother who's not Mm -hmm. here and yeah drawing out what are the impacts to each character in particular there's a, a slight implication i wanted at the end basically of like i don't think it came across at all but uh where they all ate at the dinner table when it was the three of them um yeah. but now it's just the two of them you know why not go and watch a movie together kind of thing okay uh, yeah. where that's that's a thing where it's it's definitely not the same of you know being able to to talk to your mom or or wife but at the very least they are finding some sort of connection um, that wasn't there before. Yeah. So stuff uh, like that. And, and uh, I, I think with like this story that would, that would definitely really work and showing how like this kind of post grieving moment uh, it doesn't resemble what it was, but it kind of turns into something new. And I think that'd be really great if you tried to explore that more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then overall, just general polish, drawing out things a little bit longer. Uh, it, it definitely with emotions, I need to focus a little bit more on how to make them come across without feeling clunky. Because I always feel a little awkward when I do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, yeah. So I'm, I, I think I'm going to go look at um, how other books do really emotional moments and uh, try to take some notes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I don't know, I I know doing emotion is always really difficult, especially if it's not something that you have directly been through. You know, like, like, I find it very easy to definitely pull from that personal experience. But like stepping into a story like like this, um, I don't know if your wife has has died. And if so, I am very sorry. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know, I, uh, I, I do think you did a really good job of trying to put us as as the reader in this room and trying to play with the 
psychology that a person like this may uh, may feel. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's really great. Yeah. Thank you very much. Of course. And of course, we have to ask, what did you learn? Uh, definitely that being tired affects my writing, but, uh, okay. <laughs> but also that I, even, even if it does, I still can push through and, and pull out some, some decent things. So, uh, I think feeling more self-assured in that is really important. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, it, it is really good that you did like push through into doing something that is very, uh, challenging. Cause I know like us as, as writers, it's very easy to, um, do what you are comfortable with. Uh, because what you are comfortable with is very comfortable to you. But, of course, the only way to grow is to push past it. And, like, yeah, just just by agreeing this, I have seen some 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 really great growth. So, yeah, really, really proud of you. Thank you very much. All right, let's get into the listener-submitted story section. Woohoo! This is the listener-submitted story section, which means we are going to talk about the stories we are about to announce. So... After we say them, you should probably pause this, go, give them a little old read, and then come back so you can analyze these texts with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are the uh, authors that we're going to be reading from today? So the stories we are going to be reading this week are by Captain Rhino, Zakatigi, Nicked You, Haunt of the Heron, and Sithril, which is a new writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's get into them. So starting oh, off cool. with The Haunt of the Heron, with a story called Titles Are Just Another Kind of Lie We Tell Ourselves, which is a very uh, fun, <laughs> uh, sort of slightly meta yeah, title. I, I enjoy meta. that. So we open here with an uh, expositionary piece talking about how uh, every once in a while the Leviathan... Uh, makes its way to shore and devours a fishing town or two. And so this kind of eldritch abomination, gigantic mountain-sized mm-hmm. whale of a creature uh, just will just eat up a town. But apparently, uh, when you are devoured by Leviathan, you don't actually just automatically die. You actually go into its stomach, which a whole city is, is living there. It's not a great place. Uh, there's lots of stomach acids floating around. And limited resources, um, which we see when our main character, uh, who is doing some um, rescue and salvage, uh, is rowing their way up through um, the esophagus. Uh, I think that's right. Yeah, right yeah. up to the esophagus to do some salvage after a uh, town was was just recently devoured. And so we get some nice little uh, internal dilemmas where the character actually really would prefer to be salvaging and taking actual things, but instead, you know, has a heart of gold and is spending their time saving people. And uh, there's one particular example here where someone is hanging from the prow of a ship as a box of medicine floats away. And so they have to choose and they choose saving the person. Uh, And it's Mm a... Kind of an ordeal. We get some a little bit of action there as they get close to death, uh, and then they start rowing back to the city and uh, grimacing because only the, their only haul is a uh, the the kid that they saved, which is not a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, honestly, this story has a really great voice throughout that uh, fits the world building very much so. Like, as soon as I started reading it and I was 
uh, and I was introduced to this idea of like a giant city-sized Leviathan, I was instantly in. Uh, and then like seeing how within this, this city, um, it's like there's this other kind of job where someone has to go out and then save and uh, salvage people. I thought it was just a really cool idea overall. Um, and then when we, when we got down to the action, uh, it was paced very, very well to where I knew a, exactly what was going on, which to me is uh, kind of hard to do, um, as, especially since we're inside of a giant stomach. So really great story. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I I really enjoyed it. I I think uh, as Hunt of the Heron wrote it, probably it started off the exposition, and then once uh, they found what their setting was, mm-hmm. they then you know transitioned to that voice, uh, and it was all part of the process of just like finding what they want to write. Um, yeah, and yeah, and I think this is I think this is just really fun. Nice. All right. So next up is by Nick to you with working. So uh, here we, we start off with uh, another day at the plant, nothing special, just hour after hour of tedious work, uh, which is basically the uh, summary of, of what goes on action-wise in, in this story. We, yeah. we have this main character, John, talking to Bobby, mm-hmm. and they basically just exchange idle conversation as they work on these giant vats, making sure that the temperatures are... are correct and the fluids are flowing and all sorts of stuff it, it's basically we have this we start having this pattern of they exchange some really idle talk and it's intentionally as bland as possible um yeah. like um how was your weekend it was all right it was all right nothing special yeah i hear you how about you same nothing special yeah yeah same old same old yeah yeah so <laughs> yeah you can kind of tell yeah there's not much going on in their minds mm-hmm. uh and then as we go we we slightly develop these characters we develop more of a scene of what's what this plant looks like until finally uh we start getting hints of what's going on here um where they uh talk about how um they do they make all this stuff with all this fanciness but at the end of the day we just put it in us to fill up our belly right so it's implied that whatever's in these vats is what they use for food Mm -hmm. until finally at the end we basically have revealed that uh what is in these vats is liquefied babies or something (laughs) yeah or like because because like i got the idea that it was just like a vat of stem cells or, or something yeah something like that I, th- I think harvested from babies though is the implication yeah. like they're not just like fetuses either mm-hmm. um and basically at the end they exchange an- another idle conversation about that of like they are mildly concerned they're like this this is probably like not like good right Eh, yeah, but like it's the economy, you know what you're gonna do, <laughs> yeah. and which I thought was just a delightful kind of like yeah. understanding of how people accept the horrors of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I think this this story is uh really well done. I mean, I love the uh, idle conversation. I think it's nailed very well because uh, I know I've had a thousand um, conversations eg- exactly like that with the people that I uh, that I work with. Uh, and then on top of that, as as we're going through their day to day routine, uh, I think the sudden twist of this thing that they're working on not not only being a, a vast food food source, but also being made of babies was very shocking. 
uh, and really gave us a lot more insight into what this this world really is. So yeah, I thought it was just uh, really well done and like right with uh, world building. So really great. Uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, just a delightful commentary on how we we kind of just we're, we're fine with whatever's going on because it's mm-hmm. going on and what you're gonna do. So exactly. The next right. story is by Sithril with uh, What's Your Name? And Sithril is, is, a, is a friend of mine who's finally started to write. So thank you very Woo! much for, for joining us, Sithril. Uh, so we start off with a, a our, our character, we later learn is uh, named uh, Yasodhara, waking up from uh, a bed and on the, the step. So... Uh, she's basically resting there. She's been there for five days, resting there after getting pretty horribly injured. Her her feet apparently are all blistered and cut up and all sorts of things. And her entire body is somewhat like that as well. So she's had a pretty bad time. Um, and so we get a little bit of exposition there before this uh, child walks in and uh, starts having a conversation here with her. And I think that's where the, the story kind of picks up where they and we get a lot more of a natural feeling exposition about how Yasodhara is actually from the far west and traveled long and far uh, because they were um, there. There was bad people there chasing her, so we kind of get like hints of like, "Ooh, there's some sort of plot going on there." It's not just mm-hmm. you know criminals or something. It's probably like some some terrible plot. Um, but she got all the way to the snap uh, until her horse died and the. Uh, the bad people stopped following her, but she was um, uh, alone on the plains, which we kind of, from the implication, from the shock that the child uh, displays when uh, they hear that, um, was that it's basically impossible to live there. Uh, But she survived. Uh, She ate um, wild onions and uh, scared off (laughs) a wolf. Mm, Which Like um, in holes. Is that, I don't remember that. Did yeah, they uh, they uh, went up to the mountain, and then they found wild, wild onions, and that was the only thing that kept them alive. Wow. That's... <laughs> I need to watch Holes again. Please do. It's a cinematic masterpiece. It's, uh, I think it's probably Shia LaBeouf's fav- uh, most incredible work. <laughs> yeah, sadly. Well, I mean, second to his performance in Transformers. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Let's, let's, oh my sorry. god! I forgot about that. Let's go. How how can you forget about Transformers? Anyway, the 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 child kind of uh, reacts with with um, a shock again with this idea that she scared off a wolf and kind of tells her this uh, folk wisdom of how anyone who can scare off a wolf uh, ha- must have wolf blood. And so we sort mm-hmm. of get there's a little you know some character moment she pretends to scare uh, the, the the kid um, by you know making <laughs> like a wolf. Like claws, so it's really cute. Um, but also, we kind of get the implication that ooh, there's probably more to this statement than just an idle statement from a child. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I think this is a really great intro to a story that that could definitely go on. Uh, and I think the character work here is definitely what takes the center stage. Like um, we start in the mind of this main character as they're taking in certain things, and then we get to to know more about their backstory as to how they they got here and i thought it was done really well and i think um 
the the uh, the other characters uh, were very purposeful in kind of it in uh, in kind of reinforcing that uh, characterization of the main character. So yeah, I would definitely love to see more from this story. Yeah. Uh, I think Honda the Heron, uh, who left a, a really long comment, um, which I it would um, left a, a long comment here and a, and a couple other stories, which I thought was really cool. Um, basically, saying that the the second half is a bit stronger than the first, and I think I agree with that. I think the mm-hmm. the beginning is kind of um, our author kind of figuring out what is the setting yeah. and what what is this character it is, voice. It is getting the the ball rolling, but towards mm-hmm. the the second half, the ball was speeding down the. Yeah, once the the dialogue is there, the these characters are not only exchanging information back and forth, but exchanging voice. And uh, I think it goes the the way that things are phrased, and you know how Yasutara is is both hiding things, you know, to keep herself um, safe, but also hiding things from a child, not to scare the child. Uh, I think reveals a lot about her, and uh, I think it's really enjoyable. So I think you know. It taking basically going through the dialogue and then going back to the beginning and going through there, I think would be pretty effective. Yeah, definitely. But, but thank you very much for writing for your first time. Um, and next up is Zakatiki with agitating tree spirits, a treatise. So, yeah, so this is a sort of like essay about, uh, tree spirits and how you can bother them, which is a really interesting <laughs> idea. It's so, um, so awesome. It's something I didn't know. Um, I really want it, to be honest. Yeah. So we, we, it, it's, it's kind of hard to summarize here because it's a lot of information. So I, yeah. I think I'm going to kind of end up explaining it a bit non-linearly. Uh, but we start off essentially talking about what these tree spirits are and what their key characters characteristics are. So tree spirits, as opposed to other kinds of spirits, are rooted in one, one place. And uh, they might hate their place, they might like the place, but they never will admit that moving is a good thing. And they're kind of pretty much out of control of what goes on around them, but uh, they will complain about it, <laughs> and they can be easily bothered, and they hold grudges forever, and they have like a lot of things that they have to rely on that they are constantly bothered with one way or another. So then the the treatise uh transitions into talking about how it's best to bother them you know what strategies are best to uh make them agitated and chopping down one is not the plan instead there should be small uh bothersomeness like cutting off a river so that there's less water but they don't know that you did it or uh blocking out the sun a little bit that kind of thing and uh, taking taking your time and making them agitated. And once they're agitated, they're agitated for a good long time. And so the, sort of the implication here is that there's some sort of use to having an agitated forest. Um, yeah. And which we get a, some implications here. Um, some, some brush strokes, some directions on what sort of magic is going on here. Ending with, um, for further uses of an agitated forest, turn to page 36. For ways to calm down an angered wood, turn to page 38. For methods of intimidating or quieting the local grove, turn to page 41. <laughs> and so we just get the implication that for some reason, 
getting the entire forest in a particular emotional state is very useful or has some other effects. And I think that's really fun. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think this, this story is just pure world world building uh, presented through this really cool, cool frame that reads very much so like a uh, manual. Um, and yeah, I, I think the, the information in it is told in such a way that I don't know. It's very fun to to read it and to learn more about these these tree spirits. So I think it's like wholeheartedly creative, and uh, I would love to see what's on page thirty four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I I'm I'm sure that um, Zakatiki probably doesn't actually know what all the implications of yeah. using a, a, a an agitated forest mm-hmm. is. Um, but I like, but, do like, think that, that I, just uh, this this story creates that curiosity very yeah easily. for sure it really does make you want to know know more I'm very interested in finding out which is it's just a lot of fun so yeah uh, thanks for uh, putting this together um, all right so our final story for this week is by Captain Rhino with redemption ah. Uh, so this is a an interesting story here. Uh, we have a sort of um, this this style of narration that is kind of like tour guide esque, uh, sort of a narrator speaking to you as a camera swoops around a, a landscape, and as we pass each location or image or uh, people, we get a, a sort of description of who they are, what the what this is, what the past is, and what might happen, what is going to happen here in the future. So this is a very interesting method of storytelling, I think. So uh, the the story that we get revealed here is that there's this uh, giant palace uh, up above a city. So uh, King Harold built this this palace, uh, wanting to announce that wars are over, but he, in the process became Harold the last. And so we, we, we soup upwards, we, we see these knights and Lord Selby uh, who are uh, marching up uh, at this present moment. We go inside, we, we see the entrance hall, and um, we, we go back and talk about how this is basically where uh, the rebellion started when King Harold like, laughed at someone who needed help. And uh, we go outwards we we find some other places of, of uh some other instigations of this rebellion until finally we go above um to the exterior of the dome on top where lord selby is going to and this is now in, this is a in the near future will climb the ladder and replace the royal standard with the banner of his house um and then we have like a little twist here he's not actually the hero of the story he he's winning the rebellion but he's actually going to be a terrible leader which we get revealed as we go to the market square in the city where he's going to be executed later on mm-hmm. and uh we we pass the court we find out eventually there will be uh, a democracy here which is will be complicated and but also great and this is just a great you know journey through all this where we finally settle on a farmhouse uh some miles outside the city where it turns out that King Harold actually went and he's going to live there and he's going to raise chickens. He's going to raise piglets. And um, this is where he's going to redeem himself, not in any fight or anything like that, but just as a simple farmer. 
Well, yeah. So I really love the uh, frame of this story. Um, I I love how it's basically just this tour of this city, uh, which is coupled with a, a a whole bunch of bits about the history of this city. Uh, and it was a very nice balance between the uh, two. Um, and yeah, it's 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 definitely something that I haven't really seen before but i don't know i just really love the the voice that is that's being used here uh and it and the story is definitely right with uh sir with surprise like uh where a lord lord tarley uh basically ended up not being the the uh, good guy and uh, how the uh, and how this king wasn't killed but rather was able to redeem his his self by living a a, a lower class life so yeah, I just think it's a really nice and a very tight story that I would definitely recommend people come and read. Yeah, what I think is so interesting about it is that even though we are kind of moving from like one in this one present moment and we're doing this in this very detached way, the path I guess that the camera takes yeah uh, ends up drawing out this this very complete and uh, almost chronologically understood story yeah so uh and i think that's just a a great example of how even if you are using a a format like this that is non-traditional narrative you can still structure in a way that you you carry out a a really solid and, and pretty easily understood story yeah definitely definitely so um i would uh definitely uh commend captain rhino for definitely using a very as you said non-traditional way of telling this this story but it works very well for the story so thank you very much that's right well all right that is all of of the stories for this week we wish we could take 17 hours going through every single last story that was sub that was submitted but we are both quite tired uh (laughs) but we still want to say thank you to, to everyone who did submit. So thank you very much to Haunt of the Heron. Thank you, Sarah Penguin. Thank you, Ace of Sword. Thank you, Nick Dew. Thank you, Sithril. And again, thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, thank you, Jarby Jaws. Thank you, Zakatiggy. And thank you, Captain Rhino. And also, we, we want to say thank you to everyone that left a, a comment. Leaving a comment not only... Uh, not only uh, allows you to look into your own writing and and trying to and try to figure out what worked what worked and what didn't work, but also you provide that that feedback for someone else, which is pretty much the whole reason why we are doing this podcast. So thank you very much to Haunt of the Heron, Captain Rhino, Jarby Jazz, Sithril, Sarah Penguin, and Ace of Sword. Yeah, you guys did a great job. There was some really in-depth comments, and I was very satisfied to see that. That and they were they a lot of them increased my enjoyment of the story that I was reading too. So yeah, so so f- fantastic comments this week. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to be like all of these wonderful writers, you can do that by going to our subreddit, which is slash r slash do the right thing. All you have to do is sit down for thirty minutes, use three of four randomly generated words of of that week in your story and submit it in the comment section. That's right. Um, how does, how does the rest of this go? <laughs> if, if you don't have a, if you don't have an, 
uh, a Reddit account or you just want to send us um, some sort of comment, you can send us an email at rightthinkcast at gmail.com. And if you want to see next next week's words early, you can do that by going to our Twitter, which is at rightthinkcast, where, where we will post the next week's words once a week. And we will also keep you keep you updated on any changes that could be happening to do the right thing. Yeah, like uh, how this episode was uh, two days late. So <laughs> that's how you would find out about that. Mm-hmm, because we posted it there first. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like what we do here at not only Do the Right Thing, but Doof Media in general, you can consider donating a dollar a month or whatever else you can afford. We do a lot of stuff here, and I'm really excited about it. Well, actually, um, right now, which I haven't been able to announce on Decomposing Worm, but um, because it's bi-weekly, so I don't get to announce it until next week, but there is a Decomposing Worm slash uh, Pale Reflections um, a fan art contest going on right now, actually. There's a oh, whole cool. uh, month to get entries in. There's uh, there's cash prizes. Um and it's just a really great way for the community to to come together. And it's, I I think it's one of the it's one of my favorite things that we do here because it's just promoting more content and giving back to the community that we're part of. Uh, basically, the rules for it. Um, I forget if we have a theme. If there is a theme, it's on the the Doof Media website. But uh, basically, the rules are that you can do fan art of basically any web serial except for Twig because it's the only one that we haven't touched. So. <laughs> Uh, if you want to do fan art for Worm or Ward or Pact or Pale, uh, please do. And right. then you can send it in. Cool. And uh, Matthias, exactly what is going on in Doof? So uh, I think this week uh, that this episode comes out is the game club for Outer Wilds, Ooh, which is a, a... Yeah, I, I heard some good things. And uh, actually, uh, both, I, I think, Elliot, Ruben... And Scott, I think, have been streaming their their playthroughs of it, which I think you can find on uh, the Doof Plays uh, YouTube channel. In the the entire vods there, uh, we actually it was actually like a big community thing. I, I hadn't really been participating, but I, I saw it happening, and it seemed like a lot of fun. Where some of our patrons, um, shout out to uh, Hero of Old Iron, was uh, putting together like a like a spreadsheet and some some other people i'm I'm sorry i'm not I, I only saw a passing reference but there was other people involved so you guys are awesome but basically tracking all of the like paths that all of our streamers took and sort oh, of just wow. taking notes about each <laughs> session which is really cool That's apparently crazy. um elliot's stream uh very recently was as i understand it uh, in, no, no spoilers, but as I understand it, he basically got like one step away from finishing the game, and then was just very confused for like forty minutes, oh, and just wow. didn't. It just like was forty, like basically was like one button press away from finishing the game, but just like just didn't see the button, I guess. Huh. Um, <laughs> so uh, as I heard, that was that was a very frustrating part of the stream and I, I very much enjoyed reading the the comment section as it was going on <laughs> nice nice um and also the book club is actually it was del- it was supposed to go this week but it's been delayed one week the the book for uh this month it was uh, the first 15 lives of harry august so oh. you have another whole week uh to read that it's gonna be live streamed on 
uh, August 7th at 9.30 p.m. Central. Um, and the next book is going to be announced uh, this Friday when it was supposed to be, when the, the stream was supposed to be. So, uh, yeah, if you like the book club, join up. If you haven't tried the book club, join up. It's a good time. I really uh, enjoy doing that. If I wasn't um, speed reading Worm and also <laughs> keeping up with Pale and also doing a couple other things, uh, I would I would be keeping up with the book club as well. Uh, so, Matthias, why don't you tell me? Next week's words, are they what? Um, actually, right, right before we talk about that, I did want to um, just just put out there how uh, you and I are considering doing some changes to the Do the Right Thing format. Yes, we are. Um, yeah, so, so just to be clear, so next episode, it's episode 69. <laughs> so, you know, we have to do that. Uh, it's going to be, uh, we're going to do it based off of romance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we are not going to write smut. You can, if you want, yes. just make sure it's tagged at the beginning and that summarizing it will be a little bit more difficult for wait, us wait, because wait, I'm not on, going to on. describe. We never talked about us not writing smut. Can you, can you not though? I was under the impression that I can go all out. Um, that's mm. what if it's like okay what if it's like not what if it's smut? very tasteful yeah what if it's what if it's not smut but just se- but just sexual and gross sexual and gross um you know what Jarvis you can do whatever you want yes <laughs> I'm gonna regret this <laughs> okay okay actually okay here it is here it is here it is um you can uh, so so I was gonna say uh if you write smut, I, it would be a little bit difficult for me to summarize because I'm not going to describe every action of a sex scene. Mm-hmm. However, uh, if you use euphemisms for the entire thing, like, you know, in Skyrim, the, the lusty Argonian maid, right? Yes. Where they're like using euphemisms the whole time. Like, if it's like that, I'll I, I'll do a decent job of summarizing it. Okay. If like every single action could theoretically be a real act, like a, a real action, <laughs> a non-sexual action. Yeah. Uh, then I might summarize it more than just saying a sex scene happens. Okay, so our so our audience just has to practice double speak. Yeah, that's a challenge. Uh, so anyway, so next episode is going to be uh, a a standard. I mean, slightly special episode. The episode the right after thing. that, we are actually going to have a guest. Uh, Joey Wenert, uh again will we coming over. I think we're actually going to be writing scripts. I think that's what's the the challenge that week. Yeah. Um. And uh, it might be also uh, their co-host from the their podcast, uh, Keep It Short. Oh, cool. Which is, so, uh, so we uh, might have four people on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you and I are supposed to go over on that one, too. So yeah. A little bit of we'll, cross-pollination. We'll that one gets closer. Yes. Uh, but after that, we don't necessarily have anything planned. We just know that um, it, between uh, Decomposing Worm and our upcoming classes, right, it's, um, for, for me anyway, I, I'm having like less and less time and uh i think jarvis is kind of in a similar similar boat right um yeah i mean for me at least um it's a thing to where i mean doing the right thing isn't really terribly time consuming but uh i just personally want to put a lot more of my uh creative chips in uh different barrels in uh sure in a sense yeah 
Uh, and the the thing is, we would never want to just like dr- drop do the right thing, especially because you guys are riding along, yeah. and I, that's what we're most proud of. And we uh, like again, like that's the reason I started this is because I missed so called riders. Uh, so we are slightly considering, and and you guys let us know if if. Uh, we're slightly considering just having the listener submitted, um, submitted story section as as the main section and kind of just make this like a community upkeep sort of podcast. Yeah. Um, we, we might talk about slightly more stories in that case. Um, not doubled because then it would just be kind of a slog, I think. But, yeah. you know, maybe six or seven. Um, but, uh, yeah, let let us know. I mean, if, if we did that, would you guys just stop listening? This yeah. is the question. <laughs> I mean, like, like on on the other hand, we would definitely be able to have a lot more time to actually do some uh, analysis on the stories that are uh, being sub submitted. And yeah, it would be great if you uh, would let us know if you would want, I guess, more ad- advice on the uh, stories, or if you like what we're kind of doing with it right right now. Um, overall, you know, it'll. Uh, kind of be been a, a beneficial for the both of us and also keeping the the actual time of the podcast shorter along with uh, allowing us to kind of try different things when it comes to this podcast sure um yeah so just some options that we're thinking of and nothing's really settled uh and we want to hear y'all's feedback because that's this is kind of why we do the podcast is to um provide an opportunity for for people to write so exactly that and self-aggrandizing yeah so i'm i'm actually going to post a discussion thread for this episode even though i keep forgetting for all of them but this one for sure i will because uh i want to hear y'all's comments but or you could guys can send us an email or if you're a patron on the discord send me a dm dm or just discuss it in the the channel whatever else um okay let's let's just announce next week's words and uh get on with it right sure uh, so next week's words are drum roll, please. Uh, drum roll. Thank you, drum. Uh, <laughs> next week's words are lead, last, club, and bread. So we actually have some some good variety here. I yeah. think. Well, at least with lead and club. So lead, uh, which is is you could also make it someone that is a leader. It is mm-hmm. the the verb of. Uh, leading right to um, be the one in charge of a, of a group and, and sort of taking them somewhere or you could just like lead someone particularly from one place to another mm-hmm. or it can be a lead which I'm pretty sure is basically like a leash right yeah. something like that um, or it could be led so like bullets mm-hmm. or, or just like graphite. the metal yeah it could you could yeah like the lead in the pencil which is mm-hmm. not actually lead but we do call it that <laughs> for some reason um last which is uh the opposite of first it's, oh. it's the very last one uh, i think it's a it you know there's not a lot of, of variety here but i think it's a pretty strong word yeah um you know someone is dead last someone is um the last x mm. the last time you see someone that kind of thing i think focusing around this one might be fun yeah um club which like a, a nightclub for example or or like yeah a club sandwich Ooh. which i don't even what is what is that exactly it's I like think a, i, I think know a club a sandwich in it. is like in a, any sandwich with um like bread <laughs> and a lettuce okay. and like 
I think it's like a a, a sandwich that specifically has cold cuts. Okay. So a club sandwich, you could do a golf club or any other sort of club. club. Or you could do uh, a club soda or you could do like like a club, like the weapon where you club someone over the head. Mm. Clubbing someone over the head is also another verb you can use. (laughs) Um, And then the very last one, bread, uh, which (laughs) is the food that you eat. And there's no other definition for bread. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of anything <laughs> yeah, else. I'm I'm trying really hard because because like I was thinking of like pure bread, but that's spelt differently. Yes, it is. Mm. Well, you know, bread is strong on its own. Bread is the focal point of every uh, dish. So I'm really hungry now. Me too. <laughs> Have you eaten? Today, no, yo, no. You, what you need to do, you need to run up to like some some store, drop twenty dollars, and fill up, bro. Carbo load. What story are you writing next week, Jarvis? Uh, next week, the story that I am writing next week is uh, going to be about um, this club in my high school that basically took over the uh, Glee Club, and uh, it was the Bread Club. Uh, you see, many people don't know this, but Pflugerville High School was very popular when it came to its culinary expertise. Um, so, uh, a, 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 a couple of, of teachers and about 69 students, uh, all got together to create Bread Club, where they basically just, um, <clears throat> talk about bread. They, they bake bread. They share their best bread recipes. Um, the only downside to Bread Club was that even though they, they had so many, uh, members, they were last on, on the list of, of, they were last on, on the list of clubs that, that actually get any sort of funding. So Bread, so Bread Club didn't really have any yeast, which if you know bread how i know no bread is uh-huh. yeast yeah. is like the second most important ingredient in bread so okay. um the what's the first one love mm-hmm. and flour i think and water <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so uh since they they were last and they didn't have any yeast um instead of yeast they had to use whatever they could find i mean uh, some sometimes they just use like old old mold and then just scraped it off of their apples and like kind of sprinkled it uh, over the bread in in hopes that all of that bacteria would would like help it rise. Uh, I even remember the story of this young dumb kid who had so much of that you know that like a loose uh, uh, lead. Uh, that 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 loose lead for mechanical pencils and he was under the impression that that some that that that, that somehow had yeast like properties so we put uh-huh. a, so we put a whole bunch of uh, lead in it i mean so i mean so much lead to where the entire gooey uh, bread goo uh turned into this grayish black hunk of of really 
gross bread. Sounds crunchy. Yeah, it was it was very crunchy, uh, uh, apparently, uh, because he managed to get at least three bites in uh, before he vomited and uh, died in the middle wow. of Pflugerville High School. Yeah, That's tragic. Yeah, and then they closed down Bread Club because, you know, no club can can yeah. stand when and it has bodies they covered it up yeah. oh <laughs> the old bread club scandal um, yeah <laughs> so what story are, are you writing um so my story is going to be about the last baker so about mm-hmm. two thousand years in the future this is after the second apocalypse of oh. humanity oh, wow. something like that um, which is actually a misnomer there was actually three but everyone kind of forgets the middle one mm, okay so uh Society is is kind of restarting, um, but it basically the only food available is wheat. That is the only food that survived, other than other humans, right? Mm-hmm. So you got you have your two food groups. You've got human meat and you've got wheat. And so the art of making bread has actually been forgotten for about seven hundred years or so. And so everyone's just kind of chewing on the wheat kernels, which is kind of like just kind of making flour in your mouth and then swallowing it, um, which is not super great. But there is one there was one um, line of of bakers that uh, survived in um, cryo cryo chambers. Um, And but all of them died except for one, the the very last baker. Mm. And so uh, they emerge from the, the catacombs under uh, Houston and uh, go to the surface world where they are immediately um, you know they're recognized by their 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 hat and mitten and mitts and stuff and uh, so it's sort of kind of a fabled uh, legendary outfit right with the apron and everything and so they're immediately made leader of the uh, Southern Confederacy of <laughs> um, really starving states uh, and have to lead them to uh, greatness, um, clubbing down any enemy and making sure that uh, their faction is the strongest in the world because they have that fabled food, bread. Wow. Um, I think that that idea should be what you write your your uh, script on. In a Except make weeks. it a romance. Oh, a romance. Mm. I'm really hungry. I'm, I'm really hungry, Jarvis. And I wish I was the last baker. But you know what? I think right now the best thing for us to do is go and eat. Um, that would be to do the right thing to do. Thanks, because I'm hungry. I'm going to go now. Bye. I'm hungry. Bye.